Hey guys, and welcome to the sanctuary of Quest Church. The Lord is going to touch you in a wonderful way tonight. He's going to speak to you in a pro prolific and prophetic way tonight. So get ready, prepare your hearts to receive. Listen, we had planned for Bishop Michael Pitts to join us as well as Pastor Samuel Rodriguez. And Bishop Pitts called just about an hour before we got on and something came up where he could not join us tonight. But it's all good, amen? Because we have a voice with us tonight, first of all, that I respect, I honor. When you say the name Samuel Rodriguez, it is followed up with integrity. It is followed up with honor. And we are blessed, Pastor Samuel, that you are with us tonight. And we thank you. I know how busy you are. You're, you're probably the busiest guy I know <laughs> in ministry. You are nonstop. I told somebody the other day, you are truly the spiritual energizer bunny. You, you never <laughs> stop. But we love you, sir, and we thank you for taking time to join us tonight. Bishop, love you, respect you, honor you, and I am blessed to be with you today, indeed. Thank and, you. and my prayers with, with my covenant brother, Michael Pitts. Yeah, as well. Um, so let's get into this. Pastor Samuel, every Monday night we've been doing these table talks. Last week we had Pastor YPJ and Joel Tudman. That's we've had Brian buddies. Keith. Yeah, that's your friends. Brian Keith Williams has been on here. So it's just every Monday night. And what I have done is to set my heart toward men that I know are on the cutting edge of what God is doing and also what God is saying in this, I call it the critical crossroads of church history right now where we are. And every mon Monday, we come from the same place. And, and before we even go into it, I pray all day on Monday for a prophetic anointing to just jump all over my guests, you know, because we want to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church in this critical hour. So we come from Isaiah chapter 21 and verse 11 and 12. And, you know, 2020, everyone was preaching the year of vision, right? And it turned into yeah. the year of virus and now the year <laughs> of violence. And um, so the, it's pandemonium right now. You know, we went from the pandemic to pandemonium. We went through Pentecost. We're peering into our prophetic future. Uh, this weekend was July the 4th, Independence Day. And our yeah. nation is in upheaval. And I think you would agree with that. So when you look at Isaiah chapter 21, verse 11 and 12, there's this cry from a certain region called Mount Seir to a region called Duma. And Duma means silence. Mount Seir means stubborn or goat-like, and it's cry they're crying out saying, don't be silent, and the request is, watchmen, what of the night? And we know that night in the Hebrew has this idea of not just adversity, but the spiraling right. down of something. It's the squeezing right. out of light, it's squeezing revelation out of something, and then confusion sets in. And I think that's where we are right now. And the word watchman, as you know, I'm not telling you anything you do not know, but in the Greek, it's the same word as overseer, which is episkopos, over the vision. And that's why you are here tonight. And so, you know, the question comes twofold. What of the night? What of the night? Not just the duration of this night season that we're in, but the details of the night. It's almost like the cry is, when is this thing going to be over? You know, how long is this going to last? When this thing started on March 11th, right in that time period, you know, I thought this may go 30, 60 days and things would get back to normal. But now as I look at it, 
I see this is going to last for quite a while. So I wanted to ask you just a couple of questions. What, number one, what has God been speaking to Pastor Samuel Rodriguez during this season? You've, Bishop, with your previous guests, you've done an incredible job in unpacking prophetically speaking the what, the where, the when, the how. Permit me respectfully with great due deference to propose the following, to submit for your prayerful deliberation and consideration the following prophetic supposition. Let's discuss the why. Okay. The why. Do you think it's a coincidence? At the same year, the 2020 vision year, a year definitely of transition into a new decade, technologically speaking, Elon Musk, uh, the technological advances as it pertains to once again going to the moon, going to Mars, so many things on, on so many fronts, the wow. digital world, the nanotechnology world, uh, artificial intelligence, uh, an election year, all of that together. Yeah. Do you think it's a coincidence that COVID breaks out and then we have subsequently the societal racial angst, consternation, the discord, right. the violence? Mm. Do you think it's a coincidence? Ladies and gentlemen, it is not a coincidence. From a mathematical probability standpoint, the possibility of these things coming together the same year right. in the same season, even the most staunchest of atheists or agnostics would have to at least affirm that there may be something here. Okay. With that being said, let me lay it out for you. The why. What if all of these things, as you well know, COVID is not from heaven, it's from the pit of hell. Right. Violence is from the pit of hell. Division and discord and disruption and darkness from the pit of hell. Yes. What if the enemy is aware of something that we wow. may not be completely aware of? Wow, wow. What if, the, what if the enemy, what if the enemy understands that this may very well be a tipping point moment as it pertains to doing damage to the kingdom of darkness? Wow. And all he's doing, he has unleashed every diabolical kraken for the purpose of disrupting and dividing. Yeah. And if you think it's about politics, you are cognitively deficient. Mm. If you think this is about this versus that, I have news for you. COVID and everything we're seeing, the number one objective from the pit of hell is to silence the church. Yeah. The number one institution on the planet, the most prophetic organism on the planet is the church of Jesus, Come on. the body of Christ. Come on. We are the expanders of the kingdom. We are kingdom people. And if the people of the kingdom can be silenced, if we can shrivel up in fear and in consternation, if we can drink the Kool-Aid and start taking sides, politically speaking, and let politicians divide what the spirit of God has united, yep. then the enemy wins. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, this is happening because the devil knows that right around the corner, we are about to see a move of God. We are about to see more people set free by the power of Jesus than in any other time in human history. Come on, Pastor. That's, that, that's not polyonious. That's not prophetic hyperbole. You need to put this down in your spirit. Yeah. The devil is freaking out. He released everything in his arsenal because he understands that right around the corner, we're about to see the body of Christ more united than ever before. See, I'm flipping the script. Right, right. We could talk about the division in the kingdom. We could talk about how pastors are canceling each other. We could talk about the woke culture in the church. 
We mm -hmm. could, but I'm not going to right now. Awesome. I'm going to talk to you about a church that's coming together. I'm talking to you. What I heard of the Holy Spirit, I asked the Lord, Lord, what are you showing me? And on Pentecost Sunday in California, I preached the message of, I hear the rattling of bones coming together. Come on. Ezekiel's vision. Yeah. I hear the sound of the rattling of bones coming together. Oh, let not your heart be troubled. The church is coming together. Yes. It, it, it may cause a little bit of tension. It may be uncomfortable for a while, but we're coming together as one church. And we are about to push back darkness like we've never pushed back darkness yes. before. Yes. This is the why it's happening. So if we come together and we coalesce around a Psalm 89, 14 agenda. Okay. Righteousness, justice, truth, and love. Read it. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Yes. Love and truth are the attendants. Another version would read, love and truth are the gatekeepers. They're the ones that open up the doors. Wow. That's powerful. Yes. If the church advances a righteousness and justice, truth and love agenda, we're going to push back this devil of darkness. Yes. And we're going to see an awakening that will make a Sousa look like an opening act and the Jesus movement look like a preamble let me give you one more thing bishop come on I know I, I Go, you no keep time. going keep going the last time this nation was so jacked up if, if you're watching norman oklahoma if you are from stockton california jacked up means jacked up yeah the the last time we were so discombobulated was 1968-69 the assassination of malcolm x dr king robert kennedy racial strife the vietnam war there were riots and protests, violence and death across the board. That's what we had. Let me tell you what happened immediately after. Are you ready for this? Yes. 1970, 71, 72, 73. It's something called the Jesus movement. Right. More people came to Jesus from 1969 to 1975 than in any other time Come in human on. history. Come on. Did you get that? Yes. Do you know what's next for us? The Great Revival. A new Jesus movement. Yeah, that's I'm right. I'm telling you, we're about to see people come to Christ. We're about to see people lining up to come to our churches like never before. Online, we've blown up. Physical services, we're going to blow up. We're going to have church in the streets. We're going to have church in, in, in parks and fields. Yes. We're about to see more people say, Jesus, you are Lord. Yeah. More people are about to be saved, delivered, and healed, and filled with God's precious Holy Spirit than ever before. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. The devil will not have the final Come on. word. God is on the throne. And you and I are alive right now for such a time as this. Yes. Powerful, Pastor. You are prophesying, and I am in full agreement with you. You know, as we walk through time, and you went back to the Jesus movement from 68 yeah. to 72, and I remember that very well an incredible revival hit this nation and it looks so similar to the way church looks today even the dress code with the blue jeans and the t-shirts and everyone laid back but it swept this nation the holy ghost swept this nation during that season and i believe that god is a wheel within the middle of a wheel that's what ezekiel said and he yes. he operates in sequence he's cyclical what goes around comes around and i believe that 2020 is that cycle that everything had to be stopped for a moment reset pause we now are modulating in all modulation 
uh, ends with intensity, which we're seeing everywhere. Everything is tense. Brilliant. And the next move is a push forward for the kingdom of God. And, you know, I'm going to tell you like this. Satan made a bad mistake by bringing this at this time because now he allowed us the opportunity to sharpen our tools. Now he allowed us the opportunity to go into the tool house and pastors now are learning social media. We're getting the, he thought he was shutting us down. He didn't know he was spreading us out. And it reminds me of the book of Acts. When persecution hit, the apostles were scattered, which means the kingdom of God went forward. So I fully agree with you. If you rewind the clock 10 years at the BP destruction in the ocean, when that oil well broke, it broke because it was too rigid. The system was too rigid. And I really believe that the church has been too rigid in its nature. And what happened is we lost oil when the BP rig broke, millions wow. of gallons of oil, and we lost. And what has happened, Pastor Samuel? We don't see the anointing in our services like we used to see. And Come I on. believe one of the great things, one cycle away, 10 years is a cycle, full circle, 10 years, 10 is the number of full circle. Now it's 2020. I believe that the next break has happened. The system has been shaken. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And I agree with you. We are on the threshold of the greatest move of God that we have ever seen in the history of this nation. Fully agree. We were, it's going to be, uh, Bishop, I'm telling you, listen, that's why I want every single pastor, leader, Christ follower, not to drink the Kool-Aid. We cannot permit ourselves to somehow become part of a meta-narrative that exacerbates darkness. Yeah. We have to flip the script. Christianity has always been a counter-narrative from yes. day one. Yes. We are, we, you know, Chuck Colson was one of my mentors, prison fellowship, and, and he was mentoring me until he died. I was literally next to him when he suffered wow. his stroke. Wow. At, in a, at the Wilberforce weekend. Wow. So physically, literally next to him. And, and, and Dr. Colson, I call him Chuck, but Dr. Colson would say, Sam, remember this. Remember, as Christians, we are a counter-cultural force. We are a counter-cultural force. Inevitably, we engage the culture, and then we reform the culture. Mm. But we always begin by speaking a different message than what everyone else is saying. When everyone else is giving a message, the church must offer a different message. We must offer a message of reconciliation in a world full of discord and strife. Right. We must be the reconcilers. We must talk about bringing people together. We can't drink the Kool-Aid. We can't let the we can't let the donkey and the elephant divide what the lamb mm -hmm. died for. Right. And and we just we just can't fall into the pit. Even on about COVID, people start politicizing absolutely everything. Not everything is politics for crying out loud. Exactly. It isn't. It's, it's a spiritual battle. Yeah. That's why we need to rise up above the fray and offer prescription, offer a prophetic antidote and solution. It doesn't mean that we don't speak up right. when we see things that are not lined up with scripture or things that take away our, our rights. Absolutely. Right. Matter of fact, I would argue today's complacency is tomorrow's captivity. Come on. And we are what we tolerate. Yeah. And there is no such thing as silent Christianity or right. comfortable Christianity. So it behooves us to speak up, but we speak up with truth and love. And we speak with the objective of bringing people together. I am telling you. Oh, let me let me flip the script on one more thing. Yeah. You ready for this, Bishop? Yeah. 
All right. So we saw in America COVID. People were, were quarantined. And then the tragic murder, murder of George Floyd. We all agree, right? Yes. The tragic murder of George Floyd. And then my family peacefully, my family, we peacefully marched and protested peacefully. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and because it's the right thing to do. Right. Because we can't be silent when we see injustice, right? Right. But then we saw other manifestations that were not peaceful. That's right. And, and the violence and the rioting and the looting, which we must condemn. We must condemn that. I mean, because we're mature enough. We, we're not myopic. We're not, we're not cognitively deficient. We, we, can, we can bless something, and then whatever is an extreme or not lined up with Scripture, we come against it. Right. We don't care where it is or where it lies. Yeah. So violence and taking away of innocent life and, and looting, and that just, it doesn't line up with Scripture. Mm -hmm. But I heard a lot, I heard like leaders talk about how there's a generation that's, that, that's full of violence and rioting and looting. And I prophesied a couple of weeks ago and declared the following. This generation that we saw in the streets take over the streets, that is one beautiful generation. Yes, it is. I now, agree. I'm telling you, Bishop, this generation that was protesting. Yeah. And again, I'm not I'm not affirming the, the violence and the riot. I right. condemn. It. Right. But those that were peacefully protesting and they were majority millennials of Generation Z, yep. that generation is gonna come to Jesus like we have never seen a generation before come to Jesus, yep. that generation is about to change the world. I, agree. I see a bunch of Elijah and Elishas and Joshua's and Caleb's and Nehemiah's. Come on. They're going to rebuild what has been destroyed. I am telling you, we're going to see some beautiful things. Yeah. So, so don't drink the Kool-Aid. We need to be careful even condemning entire generations because the generation that's right now full of, of, of passion for justice I'm prophesying now that generation will be filled with righteousness mm -hmm. and it is the righteousness of God that will it will enable them to do the justice of God Micah 6 8. yes yes they're, they're gonna be filled with John 3 16 in order to do Micah 6 8 and and it's gonna be powerful it's gonna be very powerful so again you could accuse me you're being Pollyanna pastor Sam you're just you're just being hopeful and being optimistic. No, I love it. I just I hear the rattling of bones coming together. I do too. I hear a different sound. Yeah, there's a joining happening right now in the Valley of Dry Bones, and I hear that same sound. I don't think it's an accident that Stephen Furtick and those guys released that song during this season. That song rattle. Have you heard it? it that's what it talks about. And so let me. I haven't heard it. I heard of it. I haven't heard it. It's, but I, I, it's not coincidental. It is a prophetic song. So let's rewind the, the clock to right before the pandemic, okay? And we remember we lost a basketball legend, right? Kobe Bryant. And now it is reported that the pilot thought he was going up, but he was really going down. He was disoriented. Um, Kobe Bryant was known after the, his death now it comes forth that he's a great father right that's the number one characteristic everyone was heralding about kobe bryant he's a great father i'm going somewhere with this because you hit on it there's a mantle dropping on this generation mantles drop when fathers pass and what is that when elisha saw elijah being caught up he didn't say my mentor my mentor my teacher my teacher he specifically said, my father, my father. 
I believe what is happening, and you said it, this generation is beautiful. It's mosaic. This generation is the robe of Joseph. It is multicolored with favor. And the protest we see now is going to be the prophetic voice of the future. I believe those, that flow that we see in the streets is the flow we're going to see in Isaiah chapter 2 and verse number 2 where all nations flow into the house of God and the house of God is established in the top of the mountains. But I believe here's what is happening, Pastor Samuel. There is a succession happening. There's a, there's a baton being passed to this succeeding generation. In other words, what is next? Who is next? It's a demand, an era, where the people want to admit it or not, there's an era that has ended. And at the end of all eras, there seems to be revolts that precede revivals. So yeah. the revolt we are seeing is a sign in the natural of what is happening in the supernatural. It's a demand in the spirit that the old system has to be gone. The mantles have to drop and a succeeding generation has to pick it up. So the question is not only what's next, the question is who is next? And I know you just released a book this year called I Am, I Am Next. Is that what it said? Or You Are Next. There you go, right there. And so I, wa I want you to, you know, caveat on that just for a moment and talk to us about what you see as next. You know, the succeeding generation, the succeeding move of God. Elaborate on that just a bit. Yeah, the, listen, and when I was with you last and when, at one of the greatest churches on the planet, we talked about that Elijah, Elisha transfer of mantle. I, re, I even remember, you know, dusty coming in and, and the sort of the example that we used yeah. in that sermon powerful. illustration. It was powerful. Uh, it, 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 but that was it, a life-changing night right there. That night no, was life-changing. My daughter was with me and, and she came back home going, Dad, there's something special here. Because there was an anointing, just the spirit of the living God affirming, confirming, and unleashing. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, the, the you are next component, the next generation, John chapter 5, everyone's privy to the narrative of a man who was paralyzed for close to a generation, 40 years. Right. And he was, and he states explicitly in the seventh verse, the reason he was paralyzed, he stood next to a body of water that on occasion, the tradition would be, the, the legend would be that on occasion, an angel would come down and stir up the waters and the first person to step in would receive their miracle. This guy's paralyzed, so he can't get in. So he explicitly states, Every single time I think it's my turn, I missed it because I'm dependent on other wow. people. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, the, the, as we move forward, prophetically speaking, we have to remind ourselves that when we depend on others more than we depend on God, paralysis will define us. Mm. When we are dependent on someone else for my joy, my integrity, my peace, my destiny, my provision, promotion, and protection, I'm always going to be paralyzed. My dependency, Psalm 62 verse 5 says, I depend on God alone. Yeah. We got to depend on God. Yeah. We have to believe God for his promises. You, we have to believe what the psalmist said. I have never seen the righteous. I was, I was young, now I'm old. This thing I know, I have never seen the righteous forsaken. No, your seed begging for bread. We need, we need to declare that. Right. We need to declare what the psalmist said. Some men trust in chariots. Others trust in horses. But I trust in the name of the Lord our yeah, God. Yeah, man. We need to depend on God. Right. Trust God. Lean not on your own understanding. Yeah. So this man was paralyzed. I love the story because it talks about being next. 
Jesus has a conversation with him. And then after Jesus has a conversation with him, he tells him to stand up and pick up this mat and start walking. This right. idea of standing up, Bishop, I'm asking right now in Jesus' name, every single one of your viewers yes. to stand up. Yes. I don't know if COVID paralyzed you, listen to me. If, if the, the fear of, of not just COVID, but everything else around us, be it anxiety, confusion, depression, whatever has paralyzed you, I need you to stand up. Yes. I need you to stand up. Stand up. Let me say something right now. I, I have to in, just interlude right now real quick. Yeah. Depression, anxiety, and fear, the, the trifecta, these three elements have been attacking many in America and around the world, but even Christians. I want to tell you which one is the most dangerous of okay. all three. Okay. You have fear, you have depression, you have anxiety. Watch this. Depression, you, in life, we get depressed because of what happened to us or what we did. Depression mm -hmm. has to do with the past. Right. Fear has to do with the now, I fear. But anxiety is the most dangerous because anxiety attacks the prophetic. Wow. Anxiety, anxiety is when you are suffering or anxious about something that hasn't even happened yet. Wow. Out of all three, the most dangerous arguably is anxiety because it attacks your prophetic. It doesn't attack your now, it attacks your next. You're worried about Ooh. your next and you're not even there yet. Man. So right now, let me interject and let me come against every single vestige of depression, fear, and anxiety. Yes. Whatever you're battling with, yes. let me remind you, your now is not your next. In Jesus' name. Your now is not your next. Your now is not your next. Your now is temporary. Yeah. Let me remind you, the God of the process is the God of the outcome. Yes, sir. Please put that in your spirit. That as Christians, we don't go through, we grow through. Yes. And your now is preparation, but your next is revelation. Yeah. Uh, you, you need to trust God that what's coming next for you and your family Woo. is going to put a smile on your face. In Jesus' name. You need to trust God that sorrow may last for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Let me, let me put it another way. Nothing can stop the sun from rising. Yes. Joy, joy is coming. Yeah. Joy is inevitable. Right. The peace of God saturating your life, the favor of God, the promises of God are inevitable. It, they cannot be stopped. Right. Isaiah 14, 27, the plans of God cannot be stopped. Ezekiel 12, 28, what God has purposed for you will no longer be delayed. It can't be delayed. Right. Believe God for that. He tells him to stand up. I'm asking you to stand, stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Prophetically stand up. Stand up, stand up, stand up, yes. stand up. Jesus spoke to this man and told him, stand up. That's powerful. He told him to do what he couldn't do before. Right. And he laid a word in him, stand up. He, or, by the way, nothing in scripture says that Jesus helped him up. Right. He just told him to stand up. He spoke a word into a man who just told Jesus that I can't do it. Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? Yeah. The man said, I can't. Jesus never asked him if he could. Get over yourself. It's not about you. It's about You're the word preaching. of God inside of you. You're preaching, Pastor. It's the word of God inside of you. Yes. Jesus ignored the stupidity that came out of that man. The man said, I can't. Jesus could have dropped the mic and walked away and said, you have no faith. My God. And he still told him to stand up. He ordered. He spoke to his purpose. He bypassed the pathetic and spoke to the prophetic inside of him. Yes. So God, God is telling you to stand up. 
And then he tells him to pick up your, his mat. God is telling you to pick up your mat. I know we're coming out of this COVID-19 pandemic. It's spiking up in certain states. The mortality rate continues to come down, but the infectious rate continues to go up. What do we do? He's telling you to pick up your mat. Mm -hmm. Why is he telling you to pick up your mat? Because if you leave your mat there, there will be a sense of expectation that one day you could go back to that place. Wow. So I am, what is God telling you? When you pick up your mat, you're telling both heaven and hell. You're telling your haters and your friends, but above all things, you're telling yourself, I don't live there anymore. Yes, sir. You don't live in depression anymore. You don't live in anxiety anymore. You don't live in sin, in shame, in condemnation, in fear. You don't live in the old you anymore. Pick up your mat, start walking. Mm. Walk, walk by faith and not by sight. Walk under the anointing. Walk pursuing the righteousness of God. Walk in the promises of God, walk. Because I assure you that when you do this, you and your family will see the fullness of God's promises come to life. Yeah. And that's just the word. We, we, we are living in some cuckoo for cocoa puff times. We need to understand we're gonna see you in awakening like never before. Yes. The mantle is falling, Bishop, just like you referenced. And it's a generational thing. I'm telling you, why do we see young people in the streets? It's a generational thing. Yes. Why do we see people that are 80 and 85 years of age or older so egregiously disproportionately impacted by COVID? It's a generational thing. Yes. There is an attack upon the generations. Man, there's an attack on the generations. But I'm going to speak prophetically and flip the script. I'm going to declare that your children and your children's children will never live in what God took you out of. Yes. I'm going to declare that your children and your children's children will never inherit your sins. They will inherit your blessings and your mantles. We see that word right now in Jesus' name. Yes, in the name of Jesus. Powerful. One more thing on this idea of next, okay? Let's go to Nehemiah just for a moment. And when we look at Nehemiah, he, his question is concerning the exiles. He wants to know the condition. They report to him that the walls have been broken down, the gates have been burned with fire, right? The Bible says immediately he began to mourn, he began to pray, and he began to fast. We're in a season now where we're having to strategize, rebuild, reconstruct. Our whole method now has to be challenged. It has to be looked at. It has to be evaluated. Now watch this. When you get to Nehemiah chapter 3, the building begins or the rebuilding begins. 16 times in Nehemiah chapter 3, the word next is used. 16 times in Nehemiah chapter 3, the word after is used. So in my opinion, help me if I'm wrong, next means adjacent and it means after. It means synergy it means succession. Yes. There are those who are assigned to walk next to you. There are those who are assigned to walk after you. And then there are those that are assigned for you to walk after. This is what we call generational blessings. I believe that God is a God of dynasty. I believe he does all three, all things in succession from one generation to the next generation, as you just said. So when you look at Nehemiah chapter 3, this whole sequence is very clear. It's very obvious that before the building and rebuilding, the construction starts, we have to get ourselves in line. We have to get ourselves in line. Who are you after? 
who's after you, and who is adjacent to you. And so this idea of next, you see it in the, tra the transformation or transition between Elijah and Elisha. Elisha was in line. He was after the mantle. What most people miss is that we read the scripture that says he was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. But we miss when it, it says he was with the 12th. 12 is the number of government. 12 is the number of order. 12 is the number of structure. 12 is the number of getting in line. And when Elijah found Elisha, he threw his mantle on him. So the question is, is the generation that is after us in line to, the question is, can you catch it? Can you catch what's coming? Because there's a mantle coming. And if you're not in position to catch it, which means you have to be close enough, right? You have to be close enough to the one that's passing it before you can catch it. And I believe the heart of God is crying to a generation, get in line. Because there's something about to drop towards you or on you, but you have to be close enough to catch it. Now watch. Let me. Go ahead. No, no, please go ahead. Go ahead. I, go I would just say please. this. Mantles are missing, Pastor Samuel. We're missing mantles because there's a generation that has been succeeding that was a Gehazi generation. They were more right. interested in the money of Naaman than they were the mantle of Elijah. Therefore, wow. the mantle was buried. And we, got, we have mantles in graves right now that people should be carrying. And I believe that's another reason why this great shaking is going on. It's an awakening. Wake up because the mantle is falling. Go ahead. There's a generational element that you reference. And you reference 1 Kings 19 and, and 19.19, the plow. But let me explain something that very few people likewise miss. When Elijah placed the mantle on Elisha, when he was plowing that 12th team of plow, <clears throat> interesting note, Elijah places a mantle on Elisha, but takes it back. That's How right. do we know he took it back? Because he had it in his possession yep. when in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 11, he ascended. That's right. So there, Bishop, you and I must be cognizant of the fact that we must let the Elishas in our lives at least touch the mantle for a short season. We got to take it back, at least give them a taste of what's man, coming. Man, man. We got, but, we, but we, we can't let them keep it prematurely because they're not there yet. Ooh. They, they, have, they have to be able to go through the same trajectory yeah. and visit the same places. Yeah. The Gilgals. Gilgal and Bethel and Jordan. The, the Bethel. Yeah. The, the, are you with me? The Jerichos and the, the Jordans. Right. We have, they have to be able to follow that biblical rubric and all it represents before we completely unleash the mantle. Mm -hmm. So you and I can't just cover everything in perpetuity and say, whatever you're ready, you're going to get it. Let me let me taste it a little bit. Now that you tasted it, are you willing me? Are you willing to follow me to Gilgal? Yeah. Even when I tell you don't come, Do you, are you willing to follow me to Bethel? Yeah. Are you willing to follow me to Jericho? Yeah. Are you willing to go to Jordan with me? Yeah. If you're willing to go to these places, then one day when the right. time is right, make sure you keep an eye on the prize. Man. Because when this thing descends, it's all yours. Powerful. We 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 have to speak into the next generation. Yeah. Man. Do you find we have it? To speak into, do you find it interesting? I don't want to interrupt you. I just want to interject this. When that mantle dropped, do you find it interesting that the Bible uses this kind of terminology? That Elijah was taken up 
in a whirlwind. Well, whirlwind. a whirlwind is turbulent. A world yeah. that's not comfortable. That is swirling. No. That's a tornadic activity. It's an atmospheric turbulence. And that's why I believe the turbulence we're seeing in this hour is a it's unleashing some mantles. That's right. Yes. It's, it's releasing mantles. This turbulence we're seeing, it's, it's, we're not, it's not pleasant right now. God does not release mantles in pleasant seasons. It's when everything is jacked up. It's when everything is in a whirlwind. It's when everything is spinning that mantles, mantles begin to drop. And that's why I'm saying to this generation, come on, guys. Seek God like you've never sought God before. Fast, pray. Something is dropping right now. And it's a double portion of anything that you've seen before this time. So I'll stop because I want to hear from you. You're, you're the guest tonight. No, man, I love it. I love it. I feel God all over this. I do, too. You're, complete, you're completely on point. It's, it's, it's turbulent out there. Things are, they seem discombobulated. Mark chapter 4, Jesus crosses over to the other side. Bible says he leaves the crowd behind. Right now, we have to either be crowd-driven or cross-driven. I'm Woo. just saying. We're either going to be driven by the crowd or driven by the cross. And, and when he, a little thing that very few people ever touch, it says leaving the crowd behind, but, conjunction, junction, what's your function? <laughs> it says, but, but other boats follow. There are boats. There are people willing to follow us the moment we leave the crowd behind. Come on, They're Pastor. going to follow us while we are part of the crowd. But the moment we leave the crowd behind and follow the cross, he crossed over. Y'all know the story. The storm emerges. He was sleeping. You know, on this on the you know memory foam pillow comfort whatever it was mypillow.com. He was sleeping and and he's crossing over. When he gets to the other side, what takes place? A man who's demon possessed is set free. That's it. Yeah. He goes over there, sets him free. Do your biblical due diligence. He gets back on the boat and goes back. Oh, you missed it. A storm comes up. They overcome the storm. He rebukes the wind and he speaks to the wave yes he rebukes the wind the boat was being filled with water right so he could have addressed the water and said water get out of here but he did it he rebuked the cause in order to change the effect Woo. so he spoke to the he rebuked the invisible and he spoke to that which was visible so he addressed the cause in order to change the outcome which we should be doing likewise in yes. every single circumstance yes. yes he gets to the other side this man that's demon-possessed is set free, and he's, it's freedom. No, you missed it. He survived the storm in order to set some, someone else free. You and I are going through this COVID violence, upheaval, a rioting, all of this. We're going through all of this because more people are about to be set free. Come on. It, I'm telling you, this is all about the other side. Once we come out of this, on the other side, the anointing on us, Wherever we go, 2 Corinthians 3.17, where the Spirit of the Lord is present, there is what? Freedom. Yeah. Guess where the Spirit of the Lord is present? That's right. Yes. You, me, wherever we go, every devil, demon, legion, principality, and power of darkness has to flee. Yes. We are about to see people set free. I'm prophesying now. Communities are about to be set free. Prophesy. Generations are about to be set free. Yes. Economies. Economies. You heard that. Are about to be set free dreams and destinies purposes are about to be set free 
So let not your heart be troubled. It may be turbulent out there. It may be a storm. Let us stand up. Here we go again with stand up. Yeah. Talking about the woke culture. You know what the woke culture is? It's Paul writing in the book of Ephesians. Wake up. Wow. It's Paul speaking to the church saying, wake up. Stop sleeping. The church waking up. That's the powerful, prophetic, redemptive woke culture. When we wake up in the name of Jesus. Yeah, that's right. You know what the cancel culture is? The redemptive one? That my sins have been canceled by the blood of Christ. Powerful. We just got to stand up in Jesus' name. We're about to see more people set free than ever, 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 ever before. Watch. Amen. I agree. Powerful tonight, Pastor Samuel. Prolific, prophetic, and powerful. And you know what? I join with you and prophesy to people, this is your hour. This is our time. It's your turn. Your next is now. And it's time for you to step in. Step into the full efficacy of everything God has preordained for you to enjoy. Be the man and woman of God that God has ordained you to be in this hour. Pastor Samuel, we love you. As we have been talking tonight and dialoguing tonight, there's been a place in the comments for people to be able to sow into your ministry. Thank and you. I just want to encourage our people that are watching tonight, if you saw that in the comments, please put some seed into this soil. You know Samuel Rodriguez. You know his integrity. You know his anointing. You know his ministry. So we want to be able to sow into that tonight, Pastor Samuel. We love you. We celebrate you. And we speak peace to you. And we just say thank you for leading like you have led for so many years. And you know what? I just speak to you, sir, and I tell you that there's a spirit of refreshing and revival that is coming on you. The mantle that you are wearing in this hour is only increasing in power in Jesus' name. Amen. I receive it. Bishop, love you, respect you. Thank you for having me. Love you, sir. Thank you for joining us tonight.